Hi, this is Samantha, and you're listening to the Layman Doctor podcast, where we're bringing medicine home. I'm going to apologize from now if you're hearing the vehicles in the background. I'm so sorry. I'm not at my usual recording space, and we might hear some yang yangs going by. Today, we're going to be talking about climate change. Climate change is one of those topics that's kind of a hot topic right now. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's like, oh my God, climate change is happening. It is so dangerous, whatever, whatever. But with all this conversation around it, we want to know why should we care? Why is it important? And how does it intersect with public health? Public health affects everything. Everything affects public health. So it's really important that these conversations that we have about health and healthcare and public health extend far beyond clinical medicine or hospital medicine or primary healthcare medicine. So the guest that we have today, his name is Siobhan White. And we ended up having a conversation about climate change that really came from a picture that I posted on my Twitter and there was a lot of seaweed. I can't remember the, the name of that specific seaweed in the picture of the beach that I posted and he made a comment about how it's affecting various things and how started a conversation about climate change. And you know, I messaged him and we started talking about it and I was like, wow, this is a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware of. And I thought, you know, I think it should be a good conversation and thankfully, happily, he agreed to share with me and my audience and hopefully anybody else that's interested in climate change. So, Chef, can you just come on, tell us about yourself and let's talk about climate change. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Siobhan, Siobhan White, and um Jamaican, but living in France currently. A little quick background, I went to St. Diego High School. You know, we talk about our high schools all the time as, you know, we compete against each other, which shouldn't happen. But anyways, yeah, I went there and then afterwards I went to UWE and that's where I met Sam. Such a very intelligent, creative and strong woman. Keep doing your best work. Going to UWE, I studied geology, uh, graduated with a bachelor's, you know, honors, those little things. And afterwards, I worked as a GIS engineer, well, technician first with a company at UE. And so my specialty is, yes, geology is my background, but I specialize in GIS engineering, uh, which is the making of maps in layman terms, but like much more unraveling than that. And then afterwards, I was like, you know what? I want to see the world. Well, I've always wanted to see the world and I've always wanted to get out there and travel and do all these things. And it was always a roadblock because living in your own country, you tend to see the beauty, but you also see the different problems that the country is facing and you want to understand if, hey, is there more? Is there better? What are the other ways that we could live? And that kind of started my spark to want to leave Jamaica even more and more to see, to observe. And that pushed me to moving to Japan, where I lived there for four years as a language instructor. So I worked in schools, worked with the Japanese government, doing a lot of events around the Jamaican culture and um, 
for example, like being on TV or being in a newspaper and all those little things, just sharing cultures through English. That was quite a fun job, um, interesting time. Traveled around Asia for quite some time within my four years. And then I was just like, well, you know, um, it's time to move on and enter into the next step. So we're just like, well, all right, uh, let's go to Europe. And I thought more about it and I kind of put it into space and I was just like, okay, let's do our master's. So now I'm currently doing a master's in environmental hazards and risk management, which literally revolves around climate change and the climate crisis that we're in. Not necessarily, well, yes, it is a crisis when you think about it, because everyone is seeing where our good old Elsha Beach is no longer the beach that we once love and hold dear to. And that's what brought me to Sam. In regards to, as she just mentioned, interacting with the sargassum seaweed, which is what it's called, and it's basically polluting our waters and drowning our reefs. It's so ironic because drowning and water, but it's blocking a huge section of the reefs within Jamaica and the coastlines. And when it's doing that, there's not enough sunlight that is reaching the coral reefs that are below to give it sustenance and in the long run, killing or damaging our reefs. And then not to mention where, you know, our sea turtles that we love so much, wanting to go back to, um, well, not wanting to go back, but when they're born on the shore coast or their eggs hatch and, you know, moving forward to getting into the water, they got tangled up in these seaweeds. Or, for example, when certain turtles are trying to lay their eggs and it's, yeah, it's quite messy, you know, but that's all result from the climate changing. So that's another thing that people tend to get into that space where they're just like, oh, but climate change, it's like this entity. And I'm like, no, it's, it's just the climate that is changing. It is going to do that regardless of the situation. It's just that based on our actions in the last 200 years of, since the Industrial Revolution and the amount of CO2 from all the energy burning fossil fuels and the list goes on, have propelled the different microclimates around the Earth so that the temperature has risen to a level that it's now interacting with each other and the overall macroclimate is changing by increasing the overall temperature due to the increase of CO2 in the atmosphere, which is holding on to those beautiful sun rays that Sam started her story talking about with, um, you know, putting on sunscreen because the sun is very harmful to our skin and blah, blah, blah. But yes, I, I think that kind of sums up who I am before I even jumping the gun, as Sam was saying, to take it easy. So here we are. <laughs> Thank you for that very thorough introduction, for sure. This is a topic that I really don't know a lot about. And before we started recording, I said how I got some sunscreen in my mouth and I was like, ah, I have sunscreen in my mouth. And I was saying, yeah, you know, Poison. I'm really into sunscreen <laughs> and sun protection, blah, blah, blah. And we had this conversation yes. about, you know, why we need to talk about sunscreen and everything. So I want to start. Why should the general public even care about climate change? Is it not a million, thousands of years away? Why should I care? Why should I care? You know, it's always positioned as thousands of years away. I'm not going to be here for when the sun comes into this little earth. Why should I care? Well, first of all, it's, it's not thousands of millions of miles away. It's happening right now. <laughs> like I mean, it's, if you say it's, so. It's, no, there's no say so in all of this. <laughs> if we're going to use the scientific community and all the facts that it's 
and discoveries that it have all the data mm-hmm. that we have that we have looked mm-hmm. at for the past hundreds of years thousands of years etc and seen the earth go through its different obligatory cycles which is basically the different not so you know how the earth spins and you have day and night that's fantastic yeah. and then you have the sun um the earth that's spinning but then going around the sun and that's also creates seasons fantastic but then there's two extra other cycles that are, well, key points of cycles that, that happen. But they didn't teach us in geography class, I guess. Well, technically, we touched it. I mean, it when I say geography class, no. <laughs> I, I don't mean 10th grade. I stopped doing geography at grade nine. So I can barely read a map. We, that's why, you know, that's why we have Google now. That's where we're integrated. So many people don't read the maps that I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> I have Google Maps, so I need to read yours. Well, anyone who wants to read my maps, I could probably share it, depending on how the conversation goes and what we talk about. But um, but yes, like, as you say, why should we care about, care about climate change? Like, when you think about it, like, we are living in a space where we can actually feel change, and you feel change happening right now you mm-hmm. see change around you right now you are a part of nature and nature is you like you we all coexist ecology that's ecology the the coexistence of humanity with its surroundings you know like we're all a part of it so it's not like say oh we over yeso and then you over deso not nagoso mm-hmm. we're all in it together so it's the fact that you are starting to feel and be aware of those changes should indicate to you like oh yes okay so the climate is changing and this thing that they say oh brand it because you know everything's all about brand these days so let's just brand the climate change and but the point is that it is happening and you are feeling it and it's 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 you know funny enough jamaica is one of those countries that they were doing some studies earlier in like the 2000s where they were talking about this thing called climate departure and I did like a whole research thing on it and it's not so talked about now. I assume it's based off different new data and stuff like that. But at that time, which was uh, almost 10 years ago, they were saying that there are key cities on the planet that are going to, extre- um, going to experience temperature, which is above average as their new average, you know, like a 40 degrees or like all these excitements. And you'd like to know that Jamaica was third on that list. Well, Kingston mm-hmm. to experience climate departure in 2023. What does climate departure mean? When the temperature that you have always, exp- like say, you know, you average 28 to 32 on a regular vibe, but then some days it's like 35 to 40 and you're just like, mm-hmm. what is happening? But I'm sure you're realizing that that is becoming more frequent, right? Yeah. I don't, I, okay, like you you live in Jamaica, so I have to confer with you, you know. Like yeah, it was, I, it was super cold last night, but then like earlier this week, it wasn't as cold. The days are hot. Like the temperature, temperature is very labile. Okay. So it's constantly fluctuating. Well, you have your cold fronts, you know, like that's a thing. And, it, you know, we're entering into that space where it's supposed to be Christmas time. Yeah. You know, some Ooh, afternoon. We're ready for the cool breeze. <laughs> but guess what? Those cool breeze, I got to, I got to turn warm breeze <laughs> first. 
Oh my god. So, so you're saying I should care about climate change because it's not as far away as I really think. No, it's not about far away. That the, the wake up call is my friend that it is happening right now. There's no more tomorrow. It is today. Like it is now. That is the point I'm trying to bring across to people who are just like, oh, climate change, we've been hearing about this, but really don't need, when did this come from? Like, we never did really. No, it's happening right now. And the scientific, this is where my area of interest lie, where I want to help to create the change in how information is relayed to the public, mm-hmm. because that is the biggest problem that I realized with the rift between the scientific community and the layman community, the government, the policymakers, mm-hmm. the people who actually have the power to make changes because they themselves mm-hmm. who are being advised by the scientific community, the scientific community, in my opinion, is doing a very poor job at that because all we do is present facts and data. But what facts and data mm-hmm. is doing for my emotions to make me care that this is happening right now, nothing. You have to know how to express to people, like to relate to people, to be like, oh, this is a situation that based on your current experiences should tell you that something is happening. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Climate change is happening right now all over. And before I get into us saying why should public health practitioners care you know, what are the specific things that are going to affect healthcare and whatnot. Jamaica being so small, and even with the news we see, we'll talk about, you know, greenhouse gas emissions and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes as a small country, it's like, okay, but all these big countries are doing the bulk of the work. Not one, why should I care? But also two, me as a small person, what can I, what can I do? I did see a recent article. I'm not going to pretend that I read it. I think I have it queued up to read where there was mm-hmm. something Mia Motley was maybe talking about debt and climate as a financing solution and, and, and more, more funding being available to countries like ours because of the effects of climate change or something like that. I, I really did not read the article in full. But it was there and I was like, oh, I need to read this. But what can we do, especially as the persons who are going to feel a huge effect of climate change? What can we do? Well, you see, that's the thing, you know. You just asked why we care. We are the first to be affected. And yes, it's very unfortunate that we are the forefront bearers of that change while the bigger countries are the one creating the damage in the first place, you know, or adding more to the pie, if you want to put it that way, because everyone is contributing. Everyone is using plastic. Everyone is driving their cars every day on Mandela, stuck in traffic for hours, burning more fuel and creating more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Like you, everyone is doing it, you know. But of course, being a smaller island compared to the big mega countries and uh, cities, yes, or fraction is very small. But the point is that you are the forefront. You live on the equatorial space, like heat is at its maximum there, which means that if there is a rise in global temperature in average basis, then where is the constant source of that heat 
it's along the equator because it's the place that is constantly being affected by the sun the most of versus the northern areas. So naturally, that place would be getting hotter compared to everywhere else, you know, at a, say, higher frequency compared to other, everywhere else. So this is why you should care because how can I create a safe bubble within this change? How can I create my own microclimate so that I can still feel safe even though all of this is happening? Because the truth is you can do all these things, you know, and many, many people are not aware of all of the things that they can do with their, with their spaces so that they can reduce the ambient temperature around them. Ambient means like close spacing, like surrounding, you know? So yes, you should care because you are get at, you are born up every day. So why would you not care? <laughs> but then, but then what do we do? What can we do? What can we do? Okay. Okay. First of all, concrete. Wow. Asphalt everywhere. Wow. How about some trees, guys? <laughs> you know, trees. Yes, I really you know that. think we do. I think, so, it, it sounds it's like... It's like simple. Like Very simple. We can do small steps that will have big impact. Exactly. I think Singapore is doing this thing where certain areas, if you're building out a business, right? Mm-hmm. If you're building out a business... No, like you're building a building. Sorry, if you are building a building in Singapore, in a certain area, they're mandating you to include green spaces. So, like, they have this type of architecture where 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 I love how you just touch that because that's literally my job. But no, but oh, nice! And (laughs) it's literally they actually have they actually have things that qualify as as what is gonna be a green space right okay, and, uh, so it's mm-hmm. not just it's not just potted plants or anything so mm-hmm. and it was an attempt for they have this very dense urban area right mm-hmm. very dense urban area that has a lot of skyscrapers and yes i've been there i've seen it all <laughs> and then they're like no because you have all these buildings it's getting hotter you know, it's affecting the climate and they've been doing mm-hmm. this for 10 years, apparently. Mm-hmm. So no, they, the quality of the air has improved. The temperature mm-hmm. is good. And then these buildings create these gorgeous, beautiful mm-hmm. green spaces, like rooftop mm-hmm. gardens. It's awesome. And yeah, it ends girl. up being and the public spaces that everybody can enjoy. So a lot of their yes. luxury hotels and resorts have open public green spaces and it's so mm-hmm. pretty. And I was like, can you imagine building out the metropolitan here in Jamaica, which is largely Kingston and St. Andrew, and will eventually be St. Mary, Ochi, um, Montego Bay. And well, imagine if we were incorporating those kind of legislation and policy into our building codes, which that's an in and of itself needs some more work. But can you imagine? Sam, this is so hilarious because the irony of everything that you're just saying is just, I'm just completely shattered. And I'm going to list out the reasons. Because <laughs> first of all, the fact that you said Singapore matches our mm-hmm. exact space of climate, tropical equative climate. So 
that's one. But then let's go, let's go into geopolitical realm of it. Do you remember that the whole thing they talked about how the Singaporean government came to Jamaica in when, is it Michael Manley or not Manley? One of those gentlemen. And they came here and they shared the same development plan for the city. Like the same mm-hmm. way how they were going to build the layout of the structure of the city. Singapore came here, observed our plans, took our plans, and went back to Singapore and did that while we are still I hear that story where we are today. all the time. I know you are saying, why don't we look at Singapore and look what they're doing <laughs> and realize well, that it actually works and do it when the truth is we already have it, but we sit on our asses every day wanting quick cash and this and that and not realizing that you have to put in the hard work to build the place that you would like to live in mm-hmm. that would feel good and comfortable, you know, instead yeah, of the, the government and the bandoozle ways of, I, I, I so much, but you know what? We're, that's not our purpose to, to discuss that. Our purpose <laughs> is to know Let, what yeah, let's, we let's, can do. Let's, let's, yeah. So, but the whole point of me even saying that, right. Is yes. What it looks like to me mm-hmm. is that even though we're not these big contributors of, say, you know, carbon, the carbon you know, like, emissions, you know, or, yes. or footprints may not equate Be so to what big. those big yes. countries do, yes, for sure. But again, we are the ones that are, we're all we're, we're all in it together. We're being affected exactly. by the same. Which yeah. means that if, and there's still things that we can do. And even, and this is, this is not just from the perspective of the government and legislation and laws. Of course, that's a No, it comes down to the it. people. It comes down to the people. As, yeah, as individuals, I want to know what can I do in my own home, in my own practice, in my own circle of influence? What can I do to help? fight climate change and then i want to know what can we do as a community what can we do as a country what can we do as a region what are our practical solutions that we can do even starting tomorrow to to help save the climate so for example i don't like the taste of refillable water Mm -hmm. right i will Mm -hmm. say that so if it's refillable i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. drink it However, I do okay. love Lasco water. So, you know, Lasco, if anybody's hearing this, it's an endorsement. <laughs> but I do love the taste of Lasco water. And it's affordable and it's six liters. So what I make sure I do know is like, well, I know I'm using up all of these bottles. Is I'm mm-hmm. going to be very honest with you. I, I recycle them. I go down to Chilitos and, and when I have a bunch of them, I just recycle them. I, I wish that Lasco just had a place where, hey, Lasco, we have a refilling plants because I would simply do that. I would refill. If I knew the water was the same Lasco water, I would refill mm-hmm. it versus having to buy new bottles all the time. Other things that I do, and I wrote an article about it, about preserving water. So, mm-hmm. so I don't like letting water run a lot. So I will turn it off while I'm brushing my teeth um sometimes the only time i leave it running is when i'm showering but i try to conserve as much even then 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you get the hot water and the cold water ratio right, I'm sorry, I'm not turn it off and turn it on again. Um, mm-hmm. Other things within my own space, as I say I do, my big thing is trying to conserve light, right? Mm-hmm. Not just because of JPS, but also because of JPS. Um, mm-hmm. But what are some other things you said <laughs> I could plant a tree? Suppose I'm not going to plant a tree. Do you suggest having house plants? Let me know. What oh, I dude, do? that's the point. You just touched it with Singapore. Green roofs, green spaces. Not because you have the land outside that you think that you need the land to plant a tree. You can get a nice potted plant and put it inside your house. Like, fill your house with plants. Go on your rooftop and put trees on your roofs. But, of course, you'd need special help in regards to laying out the foundation to actually put roofs, um, trees on your roofs and creating a garden and all those things. Bear in, by the way, fun fact, that is a company that I do plan to open in Jamaica sometime soon. I don't know when. Repeat, but, what's, uh, the com- what's the company? Yeah, man, I want to be accountable, Well, that is great, but I'm planning it now, but I have so many other things to accomplish in my life. Mm-hmm. That is personal growth in regards to what I'm doing before I can actually invest my time into building an actual company. But you know what but I it's love about this? It sounds like you're coming back you're coming back to Jamaica. And I love that. Well, you see, the plan to come back to Jamaica is it's it's not as right now as it seems. What I'm saying is like when people are away from Jamaica, I think we often give in quotation brain drain sometimes a bad yes, rep. I don't know exactly. if that's a problematic take because what I there no, are more Jamaicans not. in the diaspora than in Jamaica itself. But yeah. what I like is that I like when we give back because we need that. We need people to invest in Jamaica. Yes. Right? Of course. You know, we need people to invest in Jamaica. And it's, a, it's the reason why I'm doing everything I'm doing right now. Fun fact. It's just that I'm enjoying exactly. the process. That's the, the, the that's exactly. Life is not a destination. It's a journey. And I'm enjoying the journey. The journey will lead me back home to do what I am gathering right now. But it takes time. So, yeah. It does take time. So, in my room right now, I need to be having a, some potted plants, right? Yes. Conserve my water. Keep yes. recycling. Let's well, just put a pin on that right there. You, mm-hmm. When you said water, I, I, something really came to mind that I think is very important to mention. So, you asked about why should we care about climate change. So, other than the mm-hmm. heat rising and having your potted plants to keep you cool and give you oxygen, conserving mm-hmm. water is so important because a country is experiencing drought at a rapidly advancing level that you have such long periods of drought time where the reservoirs are almost depleted and you're just like well here we have water lock off again when will we experience as in jamaica is living a quite a space right now where you're getting rain and things are not as bad as it is but it will the drought mm-hmm. will come again you know it's a process mm-hmm. where you had it then and it's a cycle and it will come again and it's going to hit you even harder you know than what you have experienced before. So we before. have to plan. Yes, that is the point. We have to plan Planning for Planning ahead. So I think that brings us into what can we do as a community and then also what kind of legislation, what kind of things should our government be putting into place? So, like, I, I don't know much about the the geological... I don't remember much right now, but, like, the or aquifers and how... 
depleted they are right now or how restorable they are, like how the overall water capacity of NWC is Mm -hmm. going and what their legislative purposes are um, functioning to keep things in check for when droughts occur. I think they were building like a new dam or a new reservoir somewhere. I I don't I've been sort of touched with some of the things that had happened, but I know I heard that was in the pipeline or if it's happened already, et cetera. But like, yes, conserving the water for today will help you tomorrow because it mm-hmm. trickles into to tomorrow. Because when the drought comes, the water that you have saved today can help you for tomorrow, meaning that it gives you an, an extra day into the drought. So with every extra day, it amplifies. Do you see the the push-off domino effect that I'm trying to create so you can understand by saying, oh, if you use up everything now, what is there tomorrow? You know, what when 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 the real crisis hits. So do what you can do today. In, not because rain is falling all the time and you must live your best life and use what you want instead of using what you need. Use what you need. Like, you know, as you say, you you when you're brushing your teeth, you turn off the tap. You know, like you don't, you, you wash your hands, you don't, you don't leave the, the pipe when you're soaping up your hands, don't have the water running when you're soaping up your hands. Like I get with some people, you know, you set the temperature for the, for the water, but like, instead of standing underneath that shower and luxuriating yourself for, I don't know, half an hour, let's cut that down to like 10 minutes, you know, like, why do you need to be standing on the water for so long? when you already do the, mm-hmm. the work to remove the dirt that you are doing, all you're doing is rinsing yourself. Why are you spending such a long exuberant constantly? I'm not saying you can't do it once in a while to appease yourself because, you know, people are stressed out and whatever, but why is it the normal to waste water like that? And even though I must personally say, I don't necessarily believe that water is wasted because it's a cycle and it's constantly moving through yeah. that cycle to create itself. Yeah but we're not giving it enough time to do that. And it goes back to what I say before, climate change. Wow. <laughs> you know, like... All right. So what do you think outside of mandating green spaces and whatnot, what do you think are some things that can be done on a governmental level? Well, first of all, the structure of the government... I think you need to be a bit more specific about that question, if you if you can. So I'm thinking more about policy legislation. I'm like household about, and mm-hmm. yeah, like maybe like that. So even for example, if you know NHT is building a space that it's kind of in their building code that you know these places must have this air of green space, or even you know you talk yes, about the course. reserves, you know. Maybe looking at the mm-hmm. reserves and having proactive plans. You know, we always talk mm-hmm. about Mona Dam. Maybe it might include finally cleaning the dam or whatnot. So mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because I mean, okay. as an individual, there's only so much we can do. But the leaders yes. of our country, we are put in place you know, to do it. Mm-hmm. There are things that not just they themselves have to do, but things that they have to put in place so that the community as a whole is is kind of saying yes. So, for example, for me, I think recycling needs to be way more accessible. I really know yes. about recycling plastics, for example, plastics, because I'm interested mm-hmm. in that, right? But what about other stuff like paper, cardboard, you know? 
Yes. Okay. So first of all, stop dump the garbage them everywhere on a go on a just fling garbage a road fling it out on a car fling it out there so fling it out cross there so and just left it a road stop it like that are the first thing just stop it like we we don't need to be doing that like stop polluting our environment every day in a host beach cleanup for going on elsha beach we go clean it up but same on the LGBT the garbage come back tomorrow because no fling the can and everything once it just dead as right? no because if if me if if me not express it in a certain way to just be like you know like <laughs> that's when the pattern comes example, out you know even even our garbage disposal thing it's it's so multifaceted you know and you want to know why it's so multifaceted because mm-hmm. There's so many places that have improper gar a lot apart from us just kind of being nasty because it's enough time you're driving and people just throw out their garbage out their windows like it's nothing and you can't that but then also what about you know garbage collection for a lot of communities is not great right or or garbage mm-hmm. disposal system as well why why is it that when we're walking on the streets for a country where not a lot of people drive you know why aren't there more garbage bins available in the public sometimes i'm holding on to garbage and i'm just like okay but i'll know me not find a garbage bin of course you know it sucks but some people just like come on it's just easier for drop it on the floor somebody will clean it up you know funny enough you mentioned that like I live in two countries now that I've seen both different contradictions, but I see how it it works itself out in some weird ways. And uh-huh. one, I'll go with Japan, where I lived there for four years and realized that you can't. What you just say is that you can't find a garbage bin anywhere. Like you're just like, why isn't there a garbage bin? Like it's it's like Pokemon rare hunting. Like you're trying to find a garbage bin and it's it is nowhere. <laughs> But guess what? When we say a place clean, like clean all the time, like just magically clean, it just clean. Like the discipline to take your garbage to a strategic location mm-hmm. and get rid of it and not needing to have garbage bin everywhere. The discipline, you know, and, and or even provided in certain spaces that is not like it has to be everywhere, but you know, okay, I'm going to the office. Okay, I'm taking my garbage from there to there or whatever. And they move with it. It doesn't, it's in a one bag and you move with it. That's what I realized in Japan. And that's one of the reasons why I love that country, the discipline mm. of how they move through their nation, you know? But then you have the French now where I have experience where it's kind of like, okay, there is a garbage bin everywhere. But, well, it is clean to some extent, but you still have people being nasty when they leave a can there or whatever. Mm-hmm. My favorite is just the dog poop everywhere. That is just, wow. Mm-hmm. What? Anyway. Yes. <laughs> but yes, it's like, okay, if a garbage bin is in strategic locations, that's perfectly fine. But at the same time, the bin will be so full that there won't be someone who's there should be like a system in place that you know okay every hour i need to drive past the like say if there's a structure for the community or the the overall um say the city you know the the kmma and they have people who clean the streets and all these things people are on duty that day 
check these garbage bins on the hour to be like, is it full or not? Mm -hmm. So they can replace it instead of waiting until it overflows and then there's garbage everywhere and then people pass it and it just piles up. And it's the discipline as well to have these systems and structures in place to actually have people doing what they're supposed to do and do it properly instead of bandoozing the whole system. You know, it's, that's why I go back. So it's discipline to do all these things. Do we have the discipline to do that? The choice is yours. You know what I think it is? Discipline is not. And, and you know, I'll see people like Damien King, for example, I'm an economist, talk about it on Twitter sometimes. And I really hope I'm not misquoting him at all. But you see the conversation, a lot of it is about reinforcement and then creating a mm -hmm. culture. So, and I mean, it's, it's like a child. If a child realizes that they can break a rule and you're not going to do anything about that, what is stopping them from, from breaking the rule? Yes, but this is what I was getting to the point of discipline where you need to understand that you're not doing it for someone else, my friend. Mm -hmm. You're doing it for you. Every action that you are doing is for you. If you can understand that that is for the benefit of yourself to move, the, like I am, my job is to clean up the garbage, whatever I'm doing it. But may I do it for the, the man? May I do it for the government? May I do it for it? No, you're doing it mm -hmm. for you. You are the same one that's going to walk on that street later after work and be like, oh, it's nice and clean. You know, like... The people think it's they're doing things to please someone else. It's not about that. The action and discipline comes from within because it's about you. You're doing it to yeah. make your environment better. That's where the drive of discipline should come from. It's not about rules and regulations and all that stuff. It's just knowing that this action will work to make me feel happier. And if that change of mindset can occur in everyone mm -hmm. in the country, oh my gosh, Jamaica would make Singapore look like the rats. Yeah. So everything, everything has to start somewhere, right? And it, and changing culture takes years. So we have to take a step. In this last part, I want us to, to bring it back now to public health and to medicine. And yes. why should healthcare practitioners care? One thing I said, I think I had a conversation about this with another healthcare practitioner. And I was saying, boy, you know, climate change is really something that I'm not, I don't have a lot of info on. And I'm really not so sure how it even affects us. And we start having a conversation about, well, you know, the places are melting. So it might be new pathogens or physiology might change, Ooh, you know, temperature controls, so many things and all that. So Love that. Why should healthcare workers know care about climate change? Let's let's dissect the parameters and let's use temperature as one parameter. So this interesting fact is like, for example, let's choose an area, Kingston. And Kingston is a city and city has this thing called the urban heat island effect, which means where the temperature of the city is much higher than its surrounding rural areas. Right. So if climate change is and thing that is increasing the global temperatures of the of a space and then which means that the city, which is growing with more bodily heat and building of structures that are absorbing sunshine, meaning that that space has even higher temperature exposure. Right. So we're going to drop down for each stroke. 
Do I need to say anything more in that regard? No, you are the same one that is going to literally be suffering from heat stress and all these different things, going to the doctor, medication, rate that is one parameter. I, you just touched another parameter where you say, oh, the glaciers are melting. So there's new, you know, uncovered diseases that, well, unknown diseases that have been in the prima frost for like millennia. And now it's thawing out and now interacting mm -hmm. with our environment and spreading and doing all these new things that will affect us, which means that there are new diseases that is going to start affecting people in so many other ways because hey we weren't prepared for this were we no we're not our bodies are mm -hmm. constantly adapting naturally but at the same time we what are not giving how ourselves fast can we time. How fast exactly can we adapt, and, that's, yeah. and this is where i'll touch the nail for the story of why we should care is because we're not giving ourselves enough time to adapt to the changing climate. We have created these consequences of increasing mm -hmm. these microclimates, but not giving our bodies enough time. Actually, we're doing the retardation of that by poisoning our bodies constantly with the, for example, the air with we breathe, the foods we eat, you know, mm -hmm. all these different things. In, and in that sense, not allowing our bodies to adapt and match the tempo of the environment. And this is one of the major reasons why we should care because it's bound to happen because it is happening. So I'm realizing that climate change is actually very important to everybody, including public health practitioners for sure. So I, I really think that this is the tip of the iceberg and I'm kind of committing oh. myself to learn more about climate change and Are we having how a more I can now? talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I we'll see. We'll see. You know, probably there will definitely probably need to be a part two because this is definitely just an introduction to, to climate yeah, change and public true. health. But um mm -hmm. I I think that it's something that a lot of us have to consider as an individual as well as a community and as a country and as the region especially as the ones who are going to be hit the most and we do have a have a habit of being reactive versus proactive so just to wrap yes. up the conversation can you tell us where can we continue these conversations with you where can we find you where can we be like you know i want to hear more about climate change well you can from a professional point of view apparently linkedin is a thing now so <laughs> you can contact me as linkedin is a thing <laughs> exactly and so is climate change my friend so is climate change it is a thing it's not apparently a thing <laughs> but yes um and my username is c h e v r w so you can contact and that, to be honest that is Oh, yeah, that is my for LinkedIn. But if you want to message me on Twitter or Instagram, mm -hmm. it is L-E-C-H-E-V-Z, which is Leshev's. Um, and you can follow me. My, both of my accounts are open. I don't have anything to hide. <laughs> and everything will also <laughs> be in the show notes. Chef, I want to say thank you so much for having this really introductory conversation about climate change. Yes. Um, I so hope that we can have more. 
You know, mm. I hope more if you ever have anything that you want to say about climate change, you know, publish some blogs on articles on my site, you know, um, anything like that. But I think this is a nice starter convo for why the average Jamaican and or, or politicians and our stakeholders and everybody should actually say, yo, this is something that's not my children's 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 problem but it's a problem that is affecting the me us. right now no so the two, one the two things the just the two things to say is just mm-hmm. be aware or start to be aware of your environment more start to see the things that are affecting you and start to see what in your what are the ideas that come inside your mind to want to fix that and that mm-hmm. comes with, of course, the adventure. How could I make my environment cooler? And for example, as I say, plant more trees, be more diligent in how you use your resources. You know, I feel like and I'm going to be a plant mom now. You should do it. I'm a plant dad. Okay, plant. Yeah, I, <laughs> my thing is like I have like a black thumb, so you, we're going to have to talk off air about what like starter plants I should use. Okay. You know. We'll talk okay. off air so I can I can I can I can start my journey to being a plant mom. I need something that doesn't need a lot of love and affection that, that will just survive I'll, on its I'll, own. I'll, I'll, I'll hit I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up. <laughs> yeah. So what's, I got the, you. what's the second thing? You said look at how what we can do. Like not necessarily yes, what we can do and just be more aware. Like don't, don't people tend to just look and dismiss ignore don't ignore it Mm -hmm. pay attention to it see that this is actually happening and some of the ways as i say plant more remove the con the constant slabbering of concrete everywhere no that's not that's not the vibe that's not the vibe that's not the vibe trees trees my friend it gives you a cooler atmosphere and it gives you oxygen so you can feel good and feel alive so I think if we keep destroying, one. if we keep destroying the earth, the earth is gonna eventually say, "Well, destroy us," because if we are a part of it, so we're destroying exactly. ourselves. Exactly, that's the exactly thing that people that. not realizing. So I want to say thank you. You're welcome, and thank you for sharing. Um, I'm happy to share. Thank you for opening this space to allow me to share this information with people. Because, yeah, yes. I, I think it's an know. important conversation to have. Yeah. So thanks again, Chef, for that conversation. I really hope everybody listening feels invigorated to take climate change seriously. I never in the whole time that I started um, the layman's book, I never thought I'd be talking about climate change. But we live and we learn. And public health is so much more than clinical medicine. It's it encompasses everything. So as you know, if you want to reach out to me, you can do that in a myriad of ways, a variety of ways. You can send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter at the layman's DR. You can go on my website, www.thelaymans.com and send me a message there through the contact me option. Or you can email me at samantha at the doctor. Com. Super excited to hear from you guys. Hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And until next time.